0: But when we get into government contracting, they also have requirements that you need to meet. So one, to be qualified to bid on a project and be awarded that contract, you have to be registered with the government. So there's SAM registration if we're talking about federal contracts. Now, you can still do state, local, county, government contracts as well. And if you're going to do those, then you have to be registered with those particular uh, agencies. So just know If you are doing several counties, you may have to register with several counties unless they combine their systems, you'd have to check. Uh, If you're doing multiple states, then you're gonna have to register in multiple states. The only one that is one system is the federal government and that's your SAM registration. So you would do your SAM registration. If you're a minority-owned business, um, a small business, a woman-owned small business, a service-disabled veteran small business, You want to make sure you apply for all the certifications for which you qualify. Uh, If your business is in a hub zone, you want to apply for that hub zone certification as well. And then there's the 8A program. Um, And I don't usually talk about that too much with people just getting into government contracting because they're not ready for that certification yet, but you have that certification as well. So the gist of it is apply for all the certifications for which you qualify. And so you do that. And then the next thing is preparing. You wanna look at your capacity. Look at your capacity because that'll tell you what opportunities you can start looking at who's your customer in the government market that's putting out opportunities that match the capacity that you currently have. So when I say capacity, I'm talking about looking at your bonding limits, making sure you have the insurances that you need to have, making sure you have cash flow to float a project until it can float itself, meaning until you start receiving payments on those projects so you want to make sure you have that and then also having people if you need equipment and things like that making sure you have everything you need to perform on the project and then also you may need funding you know a lot of times people get grants confused with being a government contractor and bidding contracts for a profit those are two totally different things so if you need money then you have to look at funding options You know, whether you're going to use your credit cards, get a personal loan, a business loan, whatever that looks like. You can do factoring as well. That's another option. Total transparency. I never use factoring, but if that's something you want to use, that's another option. So you need to have your money together as well. And then the last thing is you need to understand government contracting. You have to be able to read those solicitations, break them down, pull out the requirements, and then write a proposal to that solicitation and scope of work that they're asking for. And so if you were able to do those things, then, you know, you can get into government contracting and be really successful.
1: Now that's, that's well said. And I guess, you know, you know, I want to talk about the funding part that you mentioned, you know, you talk about mm-hmm. different things that you would have to put in place the people, the bonds, um, the insurance, all these different things. So how much would you say is needed to, you know, actually get started and be successful in this business?
0: Oh, it depends on what you're doing. You know, you could have someone that they're doing professional training and development. So they probably already have all of the equipment they need, which is probably just their computer or something like that. So they don't need equipment. The only thing they may have to do is fly to the location if it's not local or something like that. Excuse me. And so with that, just depending on how they're being paid and you know what the scope is, because they may create the curriculum, send it over. And at that point they pay them and then they come deliver. So it depends, but the cost could be minimal. Now, if you're doing a product, for example, uh, depending on what your arrangement is with your vendor, it would entail how much money you need, right? Your vendor may give you net 30, net 60, net 90 days. You never know. And so if they gave you, say, for example, net 90 days and you deliver to the government, you know, usually in about 30 days max on your first opportunity you know them getting you into the system and all of that you'll be paid so then you really didn't have to front any money on that we get into construction it's a little bit different of course you know there's a lot of moving parts and um you're going to have to front of course you know cuz you have to get your bond if bonding is required so you're going to have to pay for your bond and that is a relative number based on the project because you know, the bonding is based on how much the project is awarded for. So, if it's a $10 million um, contract, then you're going to need a $10 million bond. And the price of it is based on uh, your credit and percentage or whatever you have with the bonding company. So, it's, it just depends. Of course, you'll have to have your general insurances that you may need. So, but you usually carry that anyway. And then getting boots to the ground to get the project started. If it's out of state, then you know, you're know you going to have travel costs as well per diem for people staying out there if you're using people that's not local, and then whatever materials you need to have to get the project going. But here's the thing, a lot of times when we're in construction, we put boots to the ground, we can go ahead and start invoicing the government for the bond, for the insurance, and for getting materials dropped on site. Okay, and so we can invoice like that, and then you know sometimes you're able to get net fourteen days, meaning f- from the time you invoice the government, they and they get it, it's complete, they pay you in fourteen days. so it is yeah, so it just depends. it just depends
1: That's what well, I well said, and I want to ask you know why um out of all the different kind of government contracting that you chose construction to stay with construction?
0: Well, that's because, remember at that time, so I was married, so my husband, ex-husband had construction Mm -hmm. uh, experience. I had the business experience, so it was just easy to get into that. Uh, We still do construction today um, because it's very lucrative for sure, but I also do professional training and development, so even though I work with other businesses, teaching them how to Get into government contracting, you know, when their first contract get to that million dollar year as a government contractor and then onto those million dollar contracts and multiple year contracts. I, I work with the government um, and other corporations and things as well, as far as doing professional training and development around government contracting and even leadership development for um, those people that are going to be leading teams or leading their company
1: as well so and one thing i definitely want to ask i know you mentioned a lot is cash flow you know being able to have that cash flow to front the project uh, specifically with construction why is that so important to have cash flow
0: because things so think of construction okay so with construction you know usually i don't care whether you're doing tenant finish out remodeling a building or building it from the ground up you need materials Mm -hmm. Materials cost. So that's the first thing. The second thing, you need people to do it. People want to be paid. Okay. So if we even took away the bonding, insurance, and all of that, we still have to pay people and we have to pay for materials. And even if you have them as employees or say you have subcontractors, either way, you still have to pay them. So you want to have some cash flow because depending on what your agreement is with say subcontractors as to how often or when you're going to pay them then you may need that money in place to do that not only that just think about it you know going back and forth to the site that's gas that's money right now gas is pretty high um, you know or if you have to travel to the location maybe get on an airplane so now we're talking an airplane a hotel room a car all of you know those type of expenses so you have to have that in place and then the unknown um, you know, what if the government pays not on schedule because, and I say on schedule because they pay on time, but if you don't give them what they ask for, they can't pay you. And Mm. small businesses is notorious for not sending what they're supposed to so that they can get paid. And then they want to fuss back and forth about, well, I sent you this, but that's not what they asked for, you know? And so it can be held up sometime. So you just want to make sure, you know, you have... Some money to float the project until it can float itself
1: and then you may need
0: to pay yourself as well you know so you still have to live and eat and take care of your family and all those things as well until the project starts